Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show, live on this Tuesday evening with you as Braves continue their series in Oakland. Obviously, the big story, the return of Mike Soroka last night. Let's uh, get our buddy's thoughts on this. Chris Willis, he is the managing editor for uh, BatteryPower.com, an SB Nation website covering the Atlanta Braves. You can check him out on his personal Twitter page, at Chris underscore Willis. Chris, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes. And, uh, look, I thought Soroka pitched really well last night. He had the one bad inning in the fifth. But otherwise, I thought it was a pretty good outing all the way around. Yeah, I agree. I don't think how you could have really expected much more from that. And I mean, honestly, I think he was at 80, 83, 86 pitches, something like that. I mean, he probably could have gone another inning. Um, you know, so, I mean, if you'd have told me we're, they were going to get six innings out of him in his first start back, you know, I, I would have I been really happy with that. So, is really the goal – I mean, look, I, I know – that the idea would be, okay, he pitches really well and this and that and the other. But isn't really the goal at this point just maybe stabilize that fourth spot in the rotation so that you can start to get away from bullpen games or trotting guys up every other day? I mean, it seems like – I mean, really, if he can just stabilize the rotation on a regular number of starts, isn't that even just kind of – I mean, I know it's not really a high goal or high threshold, but – to me, if he just did that, that would be something that would be really beneficial to the Braves. Yeah, I think, and I think that's the goal, honestly. You know, if he you you can pencil him in for five or six innings every, you know, every uh, five days, you know, that's a that's a huge boost not only for the rotation but the bullpen and and everything else. And uh, you know, I mean, you'd love it'd be a gr- what great uh, story it would be if you know he could show that 2019 form again. But you know. I think coming coming from where he's come from, you know, just giving them five or six competitive innings, uh, you know, every start would be would just be a huge boost. Chris Willis covering the Braves for BatteryPower.com, joining me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You know, Matt Olson has really found his long ball stroke, and um, you know, obviously, look, they're they're winning a whole bunch of games, but boy, I still I, I know it's I know it's modern day twenty twenty three baseball. But boy, wouldn't you like to see him in the middle of that order? I mean, just in a in a real more traditional run producing spot because man, he's really found his long ball stroke. He's found his extra base hit stroke. 
it just seems like, man, if we just got him in that right spot where he could have two or three guys on instead of maybe just Ronnie, I mean, he, he's really off to a monster start so far. Yeah, I thought, you know, when they were struggling a week or so ago, I thought we might see the, uh, you know, some lineup tweaks. And I guess they did drop Riley out of the third spot for a little bit. But, you know, Snit's pretty much snuck, stuck with um, Olsen there in that two-hole. And I, I guess it's the, you know, he, he ain't afraid to take a walk. I know he struck out a good bit this time. Uh, but I'm guessing that's what the thinking is there. Uh, you've got two high on-base percentage guys in Acuna and Olsen, and, uh, you know, and, and hopefully they can set the table for uh, Riley and Sean Murphy and others. But, you know, it is interesting to think about. I mean, especially now that he seems like he's he's turning, kind of turning the corner after that little lull. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think if they keep winning, I don't know that Snickers gonna going to mess with things too much. So, Chris, is – Marcelo Zuning in the running for player of the month in May? I mean, he, you know, I, without looking at the whole list, I mean, you've got you've to kind of think that, uh, you know, that's, he's probably right there. I mean, he's put up a monster month. And I think it's even more impressive when you just consider how bad he was in April. I mean, I don't think anybody could have seen this coming. I mean, it would have been hard to be much worse. But, you know, he's not only been good. I mean, he's been an impact bat. And, uh um, you know, I mean, it's it's funny because when everybody was hurt and getting ready to come off the injured list, you know, I thought he might be a week or so away from losing his roster spot, you know, and now he looks like, a, you know, a big piece of this lineup going forward again. Well, Chris, we saw the uh, move here just a little bit ago where the Braves selected the contract of A.J. Smith, <clears throat> excuse me, A.J. Smith Shaver, if I can speak correctly, um, and brought him up. What do you think that his role is going to be? Is he going to get a start up here? I know he's bounced between Rome and obviously just got called up to Gwinnett, and now he's up here at the big club. What do you think this move means for the Braves? I think short term it might just be he, he might just come out of the bullpen, but, I mean, he gives them another, you know, it's another option. You know, if Jared Schuster struggles, you know, and, and he looks ready, you know, he may get a, a start here or there and could even slot into the rotation. I mean, it's a little unclear because uh, I don't – I mean, we thought he would be a possibility at some point um, this summer, the way they had pushed him through the minor league system. It was a little surprising to see him come up to date. So, I'm not real sure exactly what their role will be, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him out of the bullpen early. But, you know, I mean, now that he's here, I mean, he could help them in a, in a couple of different ways. Chris Willis covering the Braves from <clears throat> BatteryPowered.com, joining me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You know, the, all of the results <clears> – <throat> excuse me – all of the results have not been there yet for Michael Harris. But when you look at some of the underlying things, he's striking out less. He's averaging more walks in his plate appearances. Um, when he does get on base, he's stealing pretty regularly. I mean, you know, for the number of singles that, that he's had this year, he's stealing bases at a pretty good clip based upon that. There's a lot of good – and obviously he's a plus war defender. I mean, so that's that's without saying. But – he has done some good things, and I, and I do think that there are some subtle changes that we're seeing in the approach that Michael Harris has this year. Yeah, I think he, you know, he's he's shown some progress in in recent uh, recent games. Um, you know, I think with him, I mean, he came up last year and he never really struggled. You know, I mean, he didn't never he never really had a prolonged stretch of this. So, you know, as a young player, it's just something that you have to go through and you have to you have to kind of. Uh, you know, figure out how to manage that. And, uh, you know, and then the injury stuff didn't help him any either, you know, because I thought he was just kind of 
starting to hit his stride, and then, you know, he goes down for three weeks. And I think he's just been trying to catch up ever since. But, you know, you are starting to see some good things. And, uh, you know, it just illustrates how dangerous this lineup will be if they ever get, you know, if they get everybody just kind of clicking on all cylinders. So you think if, you know, they have the three guys with Elder, Strider, and Morton that are fixtures in the rotation, if Soroka can ideally slide into another spot, eventually you are going to get, I believe, Max Freed and Kyle Wright back. You know, has the need kind of diminished for the idea of desperation to go out and get a starting pitcher or what have you? It, it does feel like, I don't know, that the Braves have weathered the storm or turned the corner or something, you know, as far as what their starting rotation is. Yeah, I mean, given, you know, given how how things have gone, um, you know, I, I feel like the rotation's pretty much done the job. I mean, they've they've uh, they've held the ship together while Freed, Freed and Wright was out. Uh, it does make you wonder now. I mean, I think the priority, you know, if it was today, if the trade deadline was today, I think it's the bullpen. Honestly, I think they could use a one or two arms down there, depending on what they do with uh, Smith Shaver and how he performs. But uh, uh, it is surprising, and I guess it is a testament to their depth because. You know, they don't even have Ian Anderson, and he was somebody, you know, that they was penciled in as, as far as that depth goes, too. So, you know, just just a really strong performance by that group of uh, players. You know, Chris, when you look at the schedule, I mean, take the Mets series aside, but obviously they should make some hay here against Oakland. You know, Arizona's been pretty good, but, you know, they are sort of what they are. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then Washington, Detroit, like – you know, Colorado, like there, there, this is one of those stretches where it feels like, okay, the Braves could really get on a run here and, and really maybe start to put some distance between them and some of these other teams in the division. It seems like that this is a pretty good stretch of schedule that the Braves are going to be embarking on as they get into June. Especially when you consider the gauntlet that they've kind of run, you know, throughout May. I mean, all those AL East teams, uh, the Dodgers, you know, they uh, uh, they've played a they've played a ton of good teams in a row, uh, and you know, with the, all the pitching issues that they've had, you know, it's kind of it's kind of remarkable that they've they're where they're at. But I agree. I mean, June June schedule lightens up. It's a it's a real opportunity. Uh, you know, if they can start if they can start clicking and, and find just a little bit more consistency, it feels like they could really put a lot of pressure on the rest of the division. What do you think is the most concerning thing about the bullpen right now? Is it just, you know, Minter has had his struggles at times. I mean, Iglesias has been pretty good. He's had a bump in the road here or there. But what do you think the biggest struggles are with this bullpen as of right now? I mean, I think it's just the depth of the bullpen. I mean, you feel pretty good when you see Iglesias come in. But, you know, everybody else, I mean, for, you know, even guys like Colin McHugh, and, um, uh, you know, and others have, have had ups and downs. You know, it's just not – there's just not been that much consistency down there. And, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like last night's game. You know, you come in with a two-run a two run deficit, you know, if you could hold things right there, but then they let the game get away from them. So, you know, I, I feel pretty good about Iglesias, and I feel pretty good that Minter's going to figure his uh, – figure things out as well. But, you know, it's just the overall lack of depth in that, in that bullpen up, uh, down the line. When you look at left field, um, you know, my buddy Grant McCauley described it earlier in the year as just kind of a work in progress. Has Rosario sort of separated himself from, from the rest of the guys, whether it's, you know, Hilliard or what have you? I mean, obviously Ozuna's not going to play left field despite what we've heard over the last couple of years. Um, 
as he really kind of just separated himself at this point, made the great catch last night, and I don't know, it just feels like that maybe he's becoming more entrenched in that spot now. Yeah, I mean, they've given him a long run out there. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of a gap as far as uh, between him and Hilliard. As far as I do wonder a little bit, like when Travis, like, they've been really careful with Travis Darno, you know, since coming off concussion. I do wonder, you know, if we could see Ozuna back out there if he continues to hit, you know, and and in an order in a, in order to get Darno bat back in the lineup a little bit. That's just something. You know, that's just my speculation on my part. But, um, you know, I, I wish, you know, Rosario's played better, uh, but he's still, I think he's still producing at a below uh, league average rate. Uh, you know, they've given him a lot of rope. So, you know, at this point, I mean, I do think he's separated himself. I don't know how tight of a grip he has on that position. Do you think that they could make a move as we head into the summertime that as they get closer and closer to the deadline, Maybe there's another outfielder that's added. It does seem like that they've, over the last few years, have liked you know adding their outfield pieces and pop those guys in. And even if it's a platoon situation, seems like that they are always trying to figure out a way to upgrade in their outfield. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the lineup, um, you know, I think that's the logical place. I mean, there's really no other, you know, really no other holes, uh, you know, to fill in. So it does feel like if if they make a move. It would likely be for uh, for an outfield uh, outfield bat. Last question for you, Chris. Um, you know, we saw the the head to head series against the Dodgers in Philadelphia, and I thought that was a pretty good series. I thought I thought those were were hard fought games, and you know, again, the Braves maybe didn't come out on the the better end of the Dodgers. But where do you think? I mean, are the Braves the best team in the National League, or are they still kind of playing a little bit behind the Dodgers? I think it's I think it's pretty much the Braves and the Dodgers at this point. I mean, you know, we know things can change, but uh, you know, just given the amount of injuries that Atlanta's dealt with, and and the schedule's not been a cakewalk by any situ- uh, by any uh, any means either. So, you know, when you look at when you look at the big picture of everything and how they've been able to stay ten games above five hundred and maintain a lead, a lead in the division. Without Max Fried, without Kyle Wright, you know, without uh, Travis Darno, without Michael Harris for a long stretch, you know, I just think it's impressive. I just think the depth of this roster has has shown through, and once they get clicking on all cylinders, you know, I think I think they're going to be really hard to handle for any any of these National League teams. Managing editor for BatteryPower.com, covering the Atlanta Braves, Chris Willis, joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline at Chris underscore Willis on his personal. Twitter page. Chris, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes uh, tonight, and we'll chat again here soon. Thank you. Uh, it's always fun. I appreciate it. You got it. John Chuckery will be back. Sports Radio 1990 Game, Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at it on the John Chuckery Show. 921 from the Kia Studios, you know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929, Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game, at JamesH316, at the D. Lewis for real. Hey, it is Tuesday night, so we are going to do rank them. So at 1040, we'll do a rank them coming up. Um, I'll save the um, WWE pay-per-view from Saudi Arabia for tomorrow. Um, I watched that um, on Saturday afternoon. So uh, I'll save that review for tomorrow because okay. it was a phenomenal ending. Um, yeah, I got stuff. to see some. Yeah, yeah. great <laughs> stuff at the end. I mean, the way it, it should have ended and great stuff. Um, are you familiar with the... Columbia Pictures um, logo with the woman. With yes. The, okay. Yep. So it's kind of funny here. There's a story in Yahoo or Yahoo um, about the um, the girl in that picture. This is from 1992. The girl was 28 years old, and she modeled in the Columbia Pictures logo. She never had done photography before that she never did photography again and they go into some fun detail about the way that the shoot kind of took hold of everything now columbia has been using that logo since uh i think it says 1930 was it 19 no 1928 is the first time that they used the woman with the torch logo and and basically as a way to sort of represent the Statue of Liberty, right? Um, they say that um, that this woman was at the right time and the right place. Um, the first-time model agreed to help Anderson. This guy's name is, uh, what's his name? Uh, let me see here. Uh, I'm trying to see what this guy's name is. Last name is Anderson. And what's his first name? Kathy Anderson. Kathy Anderson was a photographer. She's a um, Pulitzer Prize-winning photographer but they said that um that they said that this model was at the right place right excuse me at the right place at the right time and they had to <laughs> they they uh, were in new orleans she brought a box of warm croissants from her favorite french quarter baker and various props sheets fabrics a flag a small lamp a light bulb sticking out of the top and they basically, this woman, you know, was just picked at random 
to be the logo. Now think about that. That probably, I'm guessing, I'm guessing she probably barely made any money off it, right? I mean, it doesn't say in here. Um, I'm trying to look and see if she what what kind of money that she made for all of it. But think about think about just that one picture that's on. It'll be on thousands. I mean, it's, it was in 1992, thousands of movies. And it doesn't even say if she got paid or not. Um, I'm amazed when I first saw the logo appear in a movie theater. Uh, seeing the image come to life on the big screen, it seems surreal. After a while, the image took a life of its own, which completely surprised me. Decades after its creation, people are still fascinated with the image. But it doesn't even say that she got paid or anything for this. Can you imagine that? Like, nobody would do that nowadays in, in 2023. Oh, no. I was going to say, back then, there's a good chance he probably didn't get paid, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah just, just doing it on a whim or whatever. Yeah. She wasn't a model. She was only 28 years old, and she and she never posed again for any pictures. Well, at least that we know of. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't want to think bad about the other woman. All right. Have you seen this rumor What's that's that? going around? So Deadpool 3, mm-hmm. we know, is going to have Wolverine in it, right? Yep. Hugh Jackman's reprising his role as Wolverine, okay? Yes. Yep. Now the hot rumor is that Halle Berry, Famke Jensen, and James Marsden are going to reprise their roles as Storm, Jean Grey, and Cyclops for Deadpool 3. There's also rumors that some other people from the original X, well, not just the X-Men movies, but some of the original Marvel movies are going to be in Deadpool 3. Now, how cool would this be? Because they're joking about the idea of getting the band back together right. with all of with the original X-Men. Right. How great would that be if they show up in a Deadpool? Because again, you know, Deadpool's going to F-bomb everything, yeah. right? He's going to four-letter word his way through everything. How cool would this be to get the original X-Men together and Deadpool? Yeah, I mean, I could see it happening, but not to to the uh, not in a way most people probably would want it to happen. Well, it'll be a cameo yeah. is what it'll be. Yeah. I mean, now Wolverine's going to be part of the movie. Yeah. Wolverine's going to play a big part of the movie. Yep. But all of those other people, and, and like Patrick Stewart and everybody, yeah. they will probably have cameos. It's, it'll be something quick and just... They're on screen if it does happen. You know the other one that they were showing? Which one? The original Fantastic Four. Oh, wow. Yes. The one with Jessica Alba. Yeah. And Michael Chiklis. Yeah. The original Fantastic and, uh, Four. And, but that would be funny because that's also... Uh, Captain America. What's, yes. Yes. Uh, Chris, Steve uh, Chris Evans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It would, so. be, it would be Steve <laughs> Rogers would be because funny. He, was, he was a flame guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's Burnout or whatever yeah, his name is. Johnny, you know. Johnny Torch. Yeah. Johnny, yeah. Johnny Depp or whatever yeah. his name is. So... But how cool would I, I would I would love to see the original X Men yeah, uh, in yeah, a yeah. cameo. I'd like to, yeah, I even if it's see. I mean, look, it doesn't even have to be long. Just if it's just a minute or two cameo, that would be really cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm with that. Again, we'll we'll see what happens. But that's the that's the hot rumor is that Deadpool three is gonna I, they're gonna pull out all the stops for Deadpool three. If yeah, they I got can imagine if they that. got Wolverine to come back because he swore he was never going to play that character again after Logan. And, and I'm, 
I think Logan is phenomenal. It was the best one of his solos. Oh, I, it, yeah, it was far the and away. One of his Listen, solos. that's one of the better Marvel movies of all time. Yeah. Now I did like the Last Samurai. I wasn't, I wasn't mad at the Last Samurai, but I Logan was just. I loved the way they did it. Is that la- the the Last Samurai? Is that the one? I where- mean, not Last Samurai, but uh, the the one with the samurai in it. Yes. Uh, I think that one was called. Um, it was the I Wolverine. Think it was the Wolverine. Yeah, it was yeah. The, the Wolverine. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Why I, I, said I Last like samurai. that movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the origin story that they did on. Yeah, him. origin story. Origin. The Wolverine origin was kind of that was kind of lame. Um, what was the other one that they did? Um, so they did the origin. That was the first one for okay. him solo. And they did the Wolverine, the and then Wolverine, they did Logan, and right? Then I feel like there was one more. Well, we they did Days one? of Future Past because that's where the that wolf, kind of was. The, the, the Wolverine yeah. at the end of the Wolverine is where Days of Future Past ties in. Right, exactly. Um, that was a phenomenal movie. Yeah, but the, that Logan I think is one of the better Marvel yeah, movies that ever was, done. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, well, I, and that was phenomenal. the I think that was the last one for Fox. If I'm not mistaken, oh, okay. I think that was the last Marvel Fox movie. Well, it was of it their was a of their I- run. It was a bold idea to keep kill off old man Wolverine yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, um, great movie. Um, all right, uh, birthdays for today: CeeLo Green, um, my, one of my favorite baseball players of all time, Manny Ramirez, Gail Sayers. I, so, this was I, I was torn between these two. Because it's Jake the Snake's birthday today as well, okay? I was torn between these two things. I was going to do, with Gail Sayers' birthday, I was going to do athletes that had their career cut short. But I decided to hell with it. Um, Jake Roberts, one of the great promos of all time in wrestling history, quiet. He could just lower his voice, speak in a normal tone. He didn't have to go all hoopla and everything like that. One of the great promos is his promo before WrestleMania five against Jim Duggan. One of the great promos of all time from Jake. He, he was borderline probably the one wrestler that as a kid I was scared of. Yes. Like if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Because he'd have Damien over his shoulder yeah, and he'd like, be cutting a promo. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. And you're just like, dude, yep, what? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that promo that he cut on, on Jim, uh, Jim Duggan before WrestleMania five. One yeah. of the great promos of all time. So with that tonight. Tonight's top 10 list, your top 10 favorite or best guys at cutting a wrestling promo of all time. Day-Day, the floor is yours. Well, to your point, this one was hard because there's so many guys yep. over the years um, of watching wrestling. Uh, so I just I just went to some of the, one, the first ones that came to mind. Uh, the Four Horsemen as a group, mm-hmm. um, Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. Chris Jericho. Ric Flair solo, uh, Macho Man, of course The Rock, DX, but I mean, no matter what combination, whether it was just Triple H and Shawn Michaels or if it was all four of them with the Outlaws and Mm -hmm. China just standing there, like, just loved them. Harley Race, um, the one one when he put the bounty on, uh, was it Ric Flair that he, who did he put the bounty on? He put put the bounty on was it Dusty? I think it was Dusty. Yeah, he put the bounty. That's best ones. I hated The Miz, but The Miz could cut good promos early on. I didn't like The Miz himself, but his promos, like, he was pretty good. You know, and again, he's from Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And was on MTV Real he was, World. That's where he, yep, he mm-hmm. was from the real world. And I think that's what it was. I think it was that transition. I was like, 
how is he doing this? Like, well, he was not real popular in the locker room for a long time. Yeah, he, yeah. He was, he was. I mean, they made at times he had to dress outside of the locker room. Wow. They would not let him dress in the locker room. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorites, we don't talk about him By often. By the way, he headlined the WrestleMania here. Yeah, yeah. Main evented it here yeah. with John Cena. Yeah, and uh, we Our don't only talk. only WrestleMania. God, dang it. <laughs> I know, right? And we don't talk about this guy a lot when we talk about wrestling, but I loved Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved yep. He was probably one of my, um, back then it was probably Hogan, Piper, Orndorff, and Jesse the Body. Those were like probably, and Ricky Steamboat. I'll, I'll say those were probably like my top five favorites back then. The Body Shop. With yeah, the, Jesse the, the Body, body Shop. Exactly. Yep. Nice. All right, here's my honorable mention. I've got three on my honorable mention because I could okay. not figure out ten to, to only. Just narrow it to ten, yep. yeah. Um, Paul Heyman. Yeah. Yep, Hogan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch. That's oh, my wow. three honorable okay. mentions. Yeah, okay. She's a great promo. Yeah. All right, here's my top ten. Um, in no particular order. Randy Savage. Yes. The stuff that he did with Sherry Martell yes. in 89, that's some of the best stuff ever. Yep. I mean, that's some of my favorite stuff ever. Roddy Roddy Piper. You don't throw, what is it? You don't throw bricks at a guy with a machine yeah. gun or whatever. <laughs> I mean, one of the great promos of all time. Um, Jim Cornette. And I'm, okay. I'm such a huge fan of Jim yeah, Cornette. Yeah. And and obviously, I listen to all of his podcasts. Love Corny. Um Ric Flair, mm-hmm. um, man, The Rock in, I'm, I'm telling you, 99, yeah. 2000. Yeah, was like, that when like, he went to the pie phase, right? Well, Where, like, uh, let, let's start Survivor Series 99 and go through early 2001. Okay, so when he would still kind of wear the the, 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 some of, yep, the silk shirts, shirts and all that. And stuff, yeah. Some of the best stuff ever done yeah. in, in promos. Yeah. I mean, some of the best stuff ever. Um, Jake the Snake is on my list as well. Dusty. Okay. Um, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Um, the American Dream. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah. Yep. Son of a plumber. Um, <laughs> hard times, yeah. baby. Hard times. Um, Bobby Heenan. Um, oh, one of the yeah, the brain. The brain. Yep. Yeah, the brain was Bobby great. Bobby the brain. Yep. Um, Arn Anderson. And I love Arn yeah. Anderson. Yeah. I think he's, I think Arn Anderson is the most underrated promo guy um, in history. Yeah. And then, of course, top my list, Austin. Um, yeah. Yeah. My favorite Austin promo of all time uh-huh. is the night of the beer truck when he drove the beer truck into Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got up on top of the this was <laughs> this was the Raw before WrestleMania 15. Yeah, yeah. And they were going to Philadelphia for WrestleMania 15. Yep. And he gets on top of the beer truck before he sprays everybody. Yep. And he says, "You know, Rock, you're out here spinning your nursery rhymes. Well, <laughs> let me tell you what Steve Austin's going to do. He's going to head right over to Philadelphia." Roll right into the SmackDown Hotel, check right into room 316, and burn that son of a you-know-what to the ground. And it was just, he was so fired up, and it was like, yeah, man. Like, when I was watching that live, uh, because, again, I love the beer truck. That's one of the great moments of all. I I think it's the best moment of all That was one of the best Raws, yeah. when he did that promo... I was fired up. I was like, yeah, yeah screw him. Yeah, yeah. I was all fired up uh, for it. So, oh, man. Um, Austin, my favorite. And and I'll tell you the other one that he doesn't get credit for because he had the 316 and all that stuff. I mean, awesome. Um, the one where he went to a dry county and he was like, I, I want a beer. Oh, yeah. What? I want a yeah, vodka. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and, and he, he's in a dry county right. um, where, their, where their event was and all that kind of yep. stuff. Great promos uh, from him. So, Hit us up with some of the guys on your list. 
When we get back, the Orlando Ledbetter joined us earlier in the show. Chuck Reed in the Key Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuck Show. Hanging out at the Kia Studios. Tuesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of this show. Honestly, absolutely catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. At JMSH316. He's at DB Lewis for real. Well, OTAs have finished up. We're actually moving here toward June. It's going to be in June very, very quickly. And you know what that means. June 1st, designated cuts on the horizon. Maybe some players that the Falcons could be taking a look at that they could add to their roster. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our buddy, D. Orlando Ledbetter. Covers the Atlanta Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work and at D. Orlando AJC on Twitter. D. Led, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes tonight. Sure, no problem, John. Thanks for having me tonight. You know, um, I was watching all the videos during the, the week and weekend and all that of Calais Campbell. And, you know, it really does seem like that, look, yes, they want his production on the field and they still think he can be a productive player. But the more I hear him speak, the more that this seems like leadership, his veteran experience, just being a, a guide for these younger players. Is that the sense that you get from him as well? Uh, yeah, no question, but, you know, he's going to play. He's going to play. Um, he wants to play about 60%, but they got some young guys that need some direction. You know, uh, Ebba Katie, uh D'Angelo Malone, um, you know, Taekwon, uh the, the rookie this year, Harrison from Ohio State. So, you know, they need to know how to do this, how to go about it as a professional. And nobody's better than uh, – who, who's better than Calais than to show them how to do it. And, uh, you know, maybe they benefit uh, on the long haul by him helping them to develop some of the young players. I know that he wants to play that percentage of snaps. And and when he was healthy, he was playing in the low to mid-60 percentile of snaps for Baltimore. But is it realistic to think that he's going to play 60-plus percent of the snaps in this defense? Easily, yeah. Um uh, I'm I'm thinking they might have to pull him back from playing more, uh, but because uh, he played 60 last year, 14 out of 17 games, and, and he was right at 60. So that's very doable. That's not a high number in my mind. So what does that mean, though, with our young guys? I mean, you know, again, uh, last year Lorenzo Carter was playing 75% of the snaps. Ebicady only had the one start. He's got to take a big boost. I mean, are we – if Campbell is playing that high of a percentage of snaps, 
Is that at the detriment of some of our young guys and they haven't developed as quickly? No, they got 40% to show what they can do. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, they're going to be that's, – that's plenty of time to get out there and make a play. And uh, sure, if they start making plays, then they'll get out there more. So, obviously, we saw word the other uh, on Friday, I believe it was, that DeAndre Hopkins was cut uh, by the Arizona Cardinals. Would the Falcons have any interest in him? They've got about $10, $11 million worth of cap space. They obviously could use some upgrades at wide receiver. Would they have any interest in Hopkins, do you think? Uh, no. Um, I mean, he would definitely be uh, uh, improved, uh, improved um, their talent base. But he's looking for teams that have an established quarterback that are contending for the Super Bowl. And the Falcons don't have either one of those things going for him right now. Do you see that as June 1st cuts come along here, that the Falcons will start looking to add a little bit of pieces to their roster? Do you still think that they have some additional moves that are in them here before we get to training camp? Yeah, but I think we've seen, um, you know, anything that's happening right now is in the back end of the roster uh, in the 70 to 90 range. I don't think you're getting any uh, super-duper guys uh, cut on June 1. Uh, we haven't seen a lot this year, uh, uh, projected June 1 cuts, uh, where it's going to be something there. But they always say they're still working and looking and shuffling, but a lot of that shuffling here has been on the back end of the roster. Uh, if some people shake free, you know, you know, linebacker or, uh, you know, offensive lines always, uh, uh, you know, area of uh, need and upgrade. Wide receiver certainly one. Uh, but, you know, can you talk Hopkins into coming here? I don't think so. Uh, but, yeah, you definitely got to keep your eye on it. Definitely, uh, you know, roster's not set. Uh, and they will. Um, they say they're going to turn over every stone as they try to rebuild this team. So June 1 would be a definite day to, you know, kind of keep your head on the swivel to see what's coming uh, in the way of uh, June 1 cut. Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, D. Orlando Ledbetter, joining me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Are there any veterans that you see that could potentially be cuts on this Falcons team? Is there anybody who you've got your eye on that says, hmm, let's see if maybe that's a guy that, you know, is on this club as we head through training camp and, you know, come toward the preseason? Well, you know, um, the one guy I'm worried about a little bit is Bud Dupree. They just signed him. But I looked at the last couple of years, he's been hurt a lot. Uh, so I don't know if he's near the end. You know, so Bud is, you know, one of the signings that you know, they didn't have to give him a whole lot of money uh, because he hasn't been able to finish uh, the last couple of seasons here. So you don't know. We start seeing the injuries pile up to kind of worry about a guy like that. But, you know, they're going to give him a shot. They need some pass rushers, so he's going to get a shot. Uh, that's the one that kind of sticks out for me. And then on the, uh, you know, offensive side of the ball, um, you know, uh, there, there's not really, uh, you know, Cordero Patterson is getting up there. Um, you know, they, they, um, he was uh, off to the side. I don't know if he had a surgery or he's out of shape or, uh, what the deal is, but, uh, you know, he, he's getting up there in age too. So, but, uh, uh, you know, what, you always got to look at the running back receiver room. Once they get over 30, uh, 30 ish, um, you know, you have to be concerned about them. Those will be two pretty big veterans that, uh, you know, may be coming towards the end of their careers. D-Led, does Desmond Ritter look different to you, just not even physically, but 
does he look like he's got a little bit better understanding? And again, I know we're shorts and t-shirts and shells, and again, we're not we're not coming into any kind of high caliber practicing or anything like that. But do you just kind of look at him and and he's got what looks like a better grasp of things than he did maybe at this time last year? Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, last year they just had him and Mariota, so you know they could force feed him all of the the reps he could, you know, he could handle or could take. Uh, and then, you know, we were worried about, you know, if they had enough throws out there to, to uh, you know, if that was going to wear their arms down with just two guys. But with four, he definitely looks under control. Uh, he talked a great game. So, you know, he talked a great game last year about, you know, hey, I got this down, I'm handling it. And then he comes back and tells us this year, hey, my head was spinning, you know, you know, so forth and so on. So, you know, I'm I'm going to listen and, and hear and uh, keep note of everything he says. But really, you know, until we get to September and he's playing on some real games, um, you know, I, I'm not going to really be, you know, putting too much stock in what everybody says. Do you think that the Falcons will take advantage of this new rule with the third quarterback being available that they can have their emergency quarterback? He's not going to take up a roster spot. I mean, right now, I guess we've got, you know, we've got, you know, Heineke, we've got uh, obviously Desmond Ritter, and I guess Logan Woodside is still on the roster. Do you think that they, could they maybe even use a Cordero Patterson as an emergency quarterback if need be, if if he maybe doesn't have a defined role within this offense? Well, you could definitely put one running back in the pistol. So um, uh, I don't know if that's Keith or, or Bijan and have them run it or Cordero. Or or Algier, you definitely could get in the pistol and um, you know run the ball and you know maybe throw a quick screen or something. But the uh, other quarterback they signed a fourth kid, Austin Aune, A U N E. I haven't done a lot of work on him, but he was the fourth. Uh, so they're de- definitely taking a different approach at quarterback with four out there. Uh, but yeah, they certainly could take advantage. I think that's a, you know you got an injury. You're trying to make it through a game, and then you get another injury, then certainly you'll try to take advantage of it, and, you know, we might see some Logan Woodside. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, well, listen, uh, he did play in the MAC, so at least we got that going for us. But yep. anyway, um, <laughs> D-Led, were there any other second-year guys that you saw that looked like that they were different? I mean, we talked about Desmond Ritter, obviously, but were there any other guys from the from you know that's going – from their rookie year last year into the second year that looked like they were more comfortable out there or had a better grasp of things or just just kind of impressed you more overall from year over year? Yeah, and I uh, chatted with uh, Troy Anderson and uh, and also with uh, Richie Grant uh, um, last week. And both of them were way, very, uh, certainly Troy was at ease. I mean, he was last year was crazy for him coming from Montana. Uh, now he's kind of settled in. He knows he can play at this level, uh, and he's got a grasp of what they're trying to do with him. So that he's got, he's really relaxed, and that's one that he's got a really upside. So much so they didn't even sign the uh, leading tackler back, Rashawn Evans, and uh, Richie Grant. You know, he he uh, he had to, you know, he had a bumpy second year, first year as a starter. But now he's got a feel for it. He's got a Jesse Bates back there with him. And, uh, you know, they got new new stuff to learn and everything. But, yeah, those are two uh, young players. Um, 
And another one on my list is Arnold Epicati, but uh, you know, I, have, I didn't get around to do much work on him last week. Um, you know, this is uh, they got another uh, week of OTAs uh, on, on Friday, another open session, and then another open one next Wednesday, and then they'll head into the mini camp. But those are if those three guys could turn into football players, hey, you got a defense coming along over there on that side of the ball. Yeah, and listen, Dillette, I I have said repeatedly on my show that I think that Arnold Ebicady has got to maybe even more than Desmond Ritter in some ways that he's got to step up and and become that pass rusher that we're looking for to at least solidify one side of that defensive line that, look, I, I think that he needs to have that big jump. I think the Falcons can win without Desmond Ritter being an MVP candidate, but I, Eva Cady's got to have that step-up year. I think he's got to be somewhere in that 8-10 to 10 sack range, and if he can't be that, then I don't know where we're going to turn. I mean, I know it's, you know, Sacked by committee, but yeah, that that doesn't always work out so well in the NFL. No, you need somebody turning into a stud. Uh, you got to find football players. You got if you don't, you got to develop them. And you know, once he's taken in the second round, he's got a prime target on his back. Can't be missing uh, in the second round. So uh, you know, he's definitely him and Troy need to uh, you know turn into big time football players. And Richie Grant, that's my whole second round crew there. Um, and once uh, once you're in the top 50, I need to see if you're going to be a football player that's going to play 10 years. And then if you're not, I have to go look at the draft list and see who they missed on. Obviously, if Bates is going to be one of the starting safeties, is there a battle between Hawkins and Grant? Is that is that going to be a battle? I mean, obviously, the two guys who started last year, are those guys in a battle for the other starting safety spot? I don't think it's a battle. I think Jalen's got to try to find his way uh, onto the field as uh, the big nickel, and they go, um, you know, Buffalo nickel with three safeties and so forth. I mean, they're going to play a lot of different packages, but, uh, you know, they if Richie can't pick stuff up under the new regime, uh, you know, Jerry Gray and, and Coach Jackson back there, they're going to, um, you know, they're going to put the people in there they depend on. So, um, I think Grant's got the the, the uh, edge on that. Uh, he'd have to mess it up, but certainly uh, Jalen Hawkins has uh, you know played had a good counting of himself here. Uh, not great, uh, but uh, been good back there. So you have some depth finally at the safety position at the at the very least. Last question for Adila. You and I have specifically talked about this, but again, I, I think the idea of Jerry Gray working with these young corners and safeties uh, and even, you know, even guys like Jesse Bates. I mean, that working with a guy like Jerry Gray, I think that's, again, I think it's the low-key sleeper move that this franchise made is bringing him in. And, and maybe I'm putting too much expectation on it, but I love having Jerry Gray back there working with my secondary. I just, I love the idea. I know what he did in, uh, Seattle with the Legion of Boom when he coached Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor in their rookie years, and those guys seem to play okay. Um, I just, I, I'm really excited about seeing what Jerry Gray can bring to this defense and specifically the defensive backs. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Coach Gray's got a great reputation, uh, even going back to his playing days at Texas. A uh, great teacher, um, you know, knows how to teach the different mindsets and different. Uh, ways that the kids learn or the young players learn. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, Tim Lewis. People didn't know, uh, you know, a lot about him when he was, you know, 
one of the top players uh, before he hurt his neck uh, in the league and, you know, at Pittsburgh. And Coach Lewis did a great job, I thought, with Desmond Trufant and to, you know, a lesser degree, Robert Alford. Uh, couldn't get him to stop grabbing there, but uh, but but certainly Jerry Gray can uh, can definitely if the kids listen to him, um, you know they they're gonna learn something, and that's that's uh, you know sometimes uh, some of the the um, you know corners or the young kids they might not know who Jerry Gray is, and they gotta tell him, and uh, you know if they think that he can make them better and improve their play, and they listen to him, uh, then you got something. Well, speaking of great teachers, D. Orlando Ledbetter is the Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work. He's teaching class every day about the Atlanta Falcons. So, And uh, give him a follow on his personal Twitter page, at D. Orlando AJC. D. Led, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes here tonight. We will certainly chat again here soon. Great, John. Thanks for having me, and have a great evening. You got it. Truck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.